welcome back to the Shots Aside podcast. I'm your host, Alex, joined by Matt today. Um, giving Adam the day off, so it's going to be just me and you today, Matt. But uh, we saw, you know, a really good game two out of this uh, Miami and Denver game. Um, Miami ends up taking it 111-108. Uh, you know, they had a, start, a good start, good first quarter. Uh, then you saw Denver come back in, you know, later in that first quarter and also in that second quarter getting about like a what, a 10, 12-point lead. Uh, and then you saw Miami come back and throw you know, a couple haymakers and, and get back in this game. And then um, down the stretch, I think it came down to, um, you know, Bam out of bio. Also, I think I think it came down to Bam just playing both good on defense, but also, um, you know, on offense as well. He had that and one um, on Aaron Gordon. And, um, you know, they kind of just, you know, kept it, pretty simple down the stretch with how Spolscher wanted to run things and um, just what did you see out of this Miami squad that kind of got them to win this this, or tonight yeah I mean I think that they made some really nice adjustments in this game I think they kind of honestly did like some of what I thought like they had to do in order to win the game which is make Jokic be a scorer instead of a passer which is exactly what he was tonight last game he had 14 assists this game he had four assists but then also had um i think 41 points or was it 40 yeah 41, yeah, 41. points um so which is obviously a monster game scoring wise but at the same time like the whole team feeds off of Jokic, so when he's not getting those bigger assist numbers um it can affect the team um, I mean, also playing into it, though, is, like, his team was shooting poor tonight. Like, Michael Porter Jr. was not shooting good tonight. Um, I think he three. went yeah, one of six from three. Caldwell Pope was one of three from three. Um, Murray, three of eight. Just not not great shooting night for them. Um, except, except for the one person that usually doesn't shoot well, which is Aaron Gordon. So that was kind of a change-up. Right. Um, but then, like... Also, they made some good good moves by going more to that zone, too, on defense. I thought that was giving them some problems, um, especially when they got the lead. I, I th- feel like the zone works a little bit better when they have a lead versus when it's, like, a tight game, which is why they switched to man-to-man at the very end of the game there. Um, but overall, I, th- I thought they made great adjustments. Uh, another thing, like, it wasn't really an adjustment, but then just – uh, Duncan Robinson and uh, Struess just hitting threes tonight versus um, last game where they were absolutely terrible from three. Struess hit four threes in the first quarter tonight, which, I mean, anytime you're a shooter, you know that when you're hitting threes, it gives you confidence for the rest of the game. So, um, yeah, I thought those were some of the main keys for Miami taking this game too. Yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely huge. We talked about it last podcast, how bad – um, you know, Struess and, and Robinson and also Martin looked, uh, I believe we thought what they went like, what, two for, what was it? Two for like 20 something last game. Um, and then in this game, I mean, going, you know, Struess was four of 10 from three, but uh, I think he was four of six in the first half. So, um, that was kind of what got them sparked. And then, uh, Robinson in that fourth quarter putting up 10 points alone uh, was huge uh, and vital in this fourth quarter. Um, touching back on to what you were talking about with Denver, though, um, yeah, I, I thought it was huge just limiting Jokic and with those assists because um, I'm not sure what the record is of when he gets over 10 assists, what their record is, but it's got to be it's got to be close to like 600, 700 uh, win percentage. Um, and keeping them to four assists was absolutely huge. They didn't have a single player besides Jokic that put up over 20 points. Um, so you got to give credit to, uh, you know, Miami's defense and just their game plan coming in. I thought they played with great physicality all game. Um, I'm not sure if it tired out Jokic as much, but um, it definitely looked like he was taking things a little bit easier on the defensive side of the ball. Um, clearly, he put up 41 points, so offensive, offensively he was doing fine, but... Um, I just thought the physicality was just too much in this game for, you know, Denver to overcome. And uh, it really showed down the stretch with, you know, how they finished this game. Um, what did you see out of um, just some of these? I know, I know you brought this up to me before we started the podcast, but 
what did you see from like the difference between these two benches? So, um, you know, Denver had three guys come off the bench, all plus and their plus minus, um, and then had their starting lineup all negative. Um, and then the vice versa for Miami. How do those two things kind of correlate and do they mean much um, in this game too going forward? Yeah, I think, I think um, you know, like the bench really for Denver, this like uh, game was kind of what got them back in it in that second quarter there. Like they, the bench was going off in the second quarter for Denver um, and it helped them get a lead all the way up to a 15-point lead, um, which they eventually blew. But, I mean, just, just the fact that like usually when Jokic goes to the bench um, and like some of those other guys do, that they can usually like take a dip on the offensive side. But... That really wasn't the case tonight. And then on the other side, they were all minus, but I thought that Lowry played some pretty good minutes and then also Duncan Robinson did. So, I mean, plus minus is, I mean, it's kind of like a, I mean, it means something, but it also doesn't mean something. Um, but I think just the, even just like watching the game, like uh, Denver's bench played with a lot of energy and um, I thought they gave him a lot. It was more just the some of the starters like KCP and MPJ that didn't, didn't really play up to snuff this game and even even Murray like uh up until that those like last like four minutes of the fourth quarter like he was struggling for most of the night um I think part of it was that zone there that they were able to do less of that pick and roll with Jokic and Murray when they were in that zone there um and that was kind of affecting him a little bit tonight um but they were able to kind of adjust to it um as the game went on a little bit but yeah, I mean, just bench-wise, I feel like both these benches are kind of like the same a little bit to, to me. A, like Kind of a wash, right? Yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of like the benches are just like <laughs> trying to like hold the ship down until the starters can come back right, in right. for these two teams because they're, they're pretty starter-heavy, both these teams are. It definitely is. But, I mean, when you have... You know, they Miami switched up the starting lineup going into this game, too. They brought Kevin Love back in the starting lineup. I thought that was a great move by Spol, um and kind of helped well, them. Did, he didn't even play at all last game, did he? I don't even I, know if he did. Uh, did he? Uh, yeah, I don't think he did, which is kind of crazy. Right, because I think they wanted to play a little bit smaller, maybe, you know, take that away in game one, which did not work at all. Jokic just found, you know, the right passes, and when he didn't, he was just getting into the paint. Um, and then, you know, also a different thing that we saw in game two in game one is Aaron Gordon didn't have that quick start. You know, I think they played him a lot differently, you know, made it tougher on him. And, uh, you know, you could tell by the box score. I mean, it, it felt like he was taking a lot more threes, which he made his threes. But, um, you know, he wasn't getting those back down paint touches that we saw in game one. Yeah, definitely kind of seemed like he was being a little bit less aggressive this game. Um, I think part of that starts off from, like, doing the zone and then also limiting transition. I thought they are a lot better in transition tonight. Um, part of that comes from shooting. They shot 22 free throws tonight, and game one they shot two free throws. So I think anytime you shoot free throws, you're able to slow the game down a little bit and get back on defense, and I think that helped a lot for Miami tonight. They were just more aggressive getting to the, the basket, drawing more fouls, and um, that definitely made a difference in this game. Yeah, especially in the fourth quarter. I think they well, they got in the bonus around, like, I think it was nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. So, you know, being in the bonus and, you know, especially from Denver's side of the ball, you have to take things a little bit more easily on the defensive side of the ball. Like, you can't be, you know, reaching in, playing aggressive defense, you know, because one bad call – um, which I it could I could just see that you know majority of the Nuggets fans were a little up in hands with the officiate, officiating tonight and how things were being called, but um, you know they had to play a little bit easier on the defensive side of the ball and and not allow Miami to or that allowed Miami to kind of you know get some open shots, get Duncan Robinson cut into the basket, um, opening up shots for Strews, Cody Martin who made a big shot late in the game, um, but I think the big thing was. You know, we talked about it in game one, you know, the free throw differential uh, that you just pointed out. Um, also, the three-point uh, differential. You know, Miami shot 17 of 35 today, 40, 40, almost 49%, which is great. And then compared to 11 of 28 from Denver. So, um, I thought the three-point um, 
you know, makes that Miami was having really kept them in the game, especially early in the game, you know, getting off that hot lead. And then, you know, that second quarter, they, you know, kind of faltered a little bit, had some turnovers. That's when you saw Denver get in transition a little bit more, um, which kind of wavered out later in the game where, you know, Denver wasn't, or Miami wasn't making those, you know, turnovers or bad reads. Um, so, you know, I, I thought Miami made the correct adjustments and, um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what Denver's going to do knowing that they lost their first game at home in the playoffs this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it was definitely a tough loss for them, uh, losing at home, but I think they, I think they can win on the road in Miami. I think that, oh, I mean, they sure. obviously need to at this point, um, cause they lost home court, but, um, that was actually, I mean, it was a great win for, for Miami. I think I, I underestimated it, whether they'd be able to make the adjustments. Uh, um, and I mean, a lot of it just came down to hitting shots too. Like they came out yeah. in the fourth quarter, absolutely on fire. They came out in the first quarter to start the game on fire. And that, that always really helps kind of get things going. Um, but yeah, I thought, I mean, they played great. Spoza, honestly, an incredible coach. Um, I think Mike Malone is though too, so I think yeah, he'll be able to make some, some adjustments. Um, what What do you think uh, your prediction for Game Three will be, or will be, or do you know game yet? Game Three. Um, you know, I expect I expect another close game. I, I think I think Miami figured something out. I don't know exactly what it is because they can't be shooting all the time. <laughs> like you're gonna have off shooting nights, but uh, I think the shooting is going to be a lot better in Miami for Miami. So um, I, I think Miami's probably going to take that, that third game. Um, and then game four is going to be, you know, the real deal breaker for either, you know, Miami or Denver. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be a good game. I, I'll count on that, but I'm just not sure if I am a hundred percent on, you know, Miami you know, taking both games at home. Yeah, I'm kind of along those same lines with you. I think um, Miami's definitely going to come out pretty uh, – it's going to be tough to beat them that first game, their game three, with uh, the crowd getting into it, um, especially being the NBA Finals. Because, uh, like, last last time they were in the Finals, it was in the bubble, so they obviously didn't have that home, home game, so it's nice to get right. that back. Um but yeah, I think uh, I think Miami will probably take Game Three. Um, then I'll I won't make my prediction for Game Four yet though because I, <laughs> I want to see how, how yeah I want to see how Denver adjusts because I, I think that they, they could make there's adjustments that could be made I think oh for sure um, and and I don't I don't know if they'll um, I don't know I think I think MPJ and those guys will play better too like KCP like. Uh, I mean, you can't really play it much worse than MPJ did tonight. Um, he was pretty terrible. Yeah, um, and I, I, well, I expect Jamal Murray to, you know, maybe make a lot more shots too and take a little bit more shots. But also, Jokic just, just needs to be able to, you know, I think they got to run more post work out of him or maybe high elbow stuff where he can kind of, you know, take on one defender, back him down, and then. I mean, if he has to make that shot, but like eventually, if he makes enough shots, Miami's gonna, you know, you would think collapse the defense a little bit, where you can get some more wide open shots for players like MPJ and KCP and Jamal Murray and um, even Aaron Gordon at some points. But um, yeah, I, I just, but I also expect Jimmy Butler to have a better. Like we haven't seen a Jimmy Butler game yet. Like he had twenty one in this game, shot seven of nineteen, two of five from three. Um, did give you nine assists though, which was great to see. Um, but we haven't seen one of those games out of Jimmy Butler where he's put up. I mean, we thought last game or after last last game that he would put up like you know somewhere in that twenty five thirty range to even have them you know be in this game. The fact that he didn't um, definitely gives you a lot of hope going back to Miami. Where I mean, I would expect him to at least have one one or two games in Miami where he puts up you know, a big number, like 30, 35 points in a game. But um, what are your thoughts on, do you think Jimmy's going to have that? Or do you think this is kind of how Miami rolls? They're just going to spread the, you know, love out, so to say. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think uh, 
he could have a big game. I mean, you know, superstars can have a big game at any moment. Um, I think this is is a little bit tougher matchup for him just because Aaron Gordon's got size on him too, um, and he's obviously very athletic as well. Um, so I think that that definitely plays into it because a lot of Jimmy's game is that back down mid range type of game where he's able to either out muscle a smaller player or get a player up in the air with his like little pump fakes that he does. Um, and Aaron Gordon's been pretty disciplined so far and not falling for those. Um, and then there, there was one in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, where Jimmy did that sort of lean back that he does, and then where Aaron Gordon kind of clipped him on that and one. Yeah. But yeah, for the most part, Aaron Gordon that, stayed that was down. Pretty, that was a pretty ticky tacky. It, it was. It was. I didn't think that Aaron um, Gordon got much contact on that one. Yeah, but I feel like just in general, he's played. For the most part, pretty good defense on Jimmy. Um, but also, Jimmy Jimmy's a great player, and knowing that he doesn't have to always force stuff either. He, he's willing, a willing passer, um, and that's kind of what he's been doing. Uh, Jimmy's one of those players where he lets the game come to him. Um, so I th- feel like if, if it's needed where he has to score a ton, I think he'll have that game. But I think if it's not, then he's fine being like that all around, like, player that can like pack all the stats and then on top of it he plays incredible defense too which I think that's been a big key with the series is like his defense on Jamal Murray has been pretty great throughout the the series so far um yeah yeah. I I thought I thought Jimmy's looked really relaxed sometimes like when you're watching the game you're like you totally forget that even Jimmy's out there because you know, he's not touching the ball all the time. And there's sometimes like, you know, maybe not compared to LeBron because of, I mean, they're both old, but, you know, there'd be times in the playoffs where LeBron would take, you know, certain plays off and just be in the corner. It looked like Jimmy did that sometimes. But, um, you know, I thought this game he did a lot better job of, especially that first half, controlling the ball and then also getting his teammates involved, which definitely loosened them up for that second half um, and saw them go on that run. So, um, I thought he played pivotal into their offense and how they kind of just spread everything out. Kind of like what, you know, Denver did that first game with Jokic spreading the ball out. So um, it just looked, it seemed like a reverse of, you know, strategy for this game um, for both teams. Yeah. And that, uh, just an interesting stat on uh, Jimmy too, is that so far he's got 16 assists, only two turnovers so far, two in the series, which wow when you're assisting that much, like, and can, you know, like, Jokic gets a lot of assists too, but he's got, like, I think tonight he had four turnovers or five turnovers. Um, so just, like, I mean, that's pretty impressive, just 16 to yeah, two. Five, five turnovers for Jokic. And only four assists, so more turnovers than assists tonight. Um, Definitely, yeah, he's definitely got to be better. I think part of it was they had some miscommunication on the, the zone defense, too. He, he threw it out of bounds once late in the fourth quarter there, uh, just on a misread between him and Murray. So I think they'll figure it out. I mean, yeah, they got it if, they, yeah. if they're going to. Because I, I know Miami's going to keep running that zone because um, it's sure. clearly worked. Yeah, it's just tough to know when they're going to throw it out there because, you know, they're definitely doing it a lot less than they did in that Boston series um, in the Eastern Conference Finals, but it's tough to know when they're going to throw it out there because it usually happens when um, they're either down by you know nine or ten from what I've seen, or when they're up by like nine or ten trying to get you know a little breather in there between like you know the later second quarter. I think I saw it a couple times, and then also. Um, late in that third quarter as well. I think they ran it like once, one or twice in the fourth quarter as well. But um, it's kind of tough to know when they're going to run that that zone. And then, I mean, you got to be able to react quickly off of passes. And, you know, I don't think anybody on Denver's side of the ball was really in a state of flow where they could kind of, you know, catch and shoot off of those passes. But um, you got to give credit to Miami for just – I mean, how many teams do you know in the NBA that run a zone nowadays? It's got to be very few. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors kind of do a little bit. Like it's a. Yeah. I mean, at times, uh, 
no, no team runs it probably as much as they have in these playoffs. Well, it's also easier to do when you have like a smaller big too that is athletic, like Bam and Abayo, and in Golden State's situation, if you have Draymond. So, um, yeah, and I mean, you need defenders that are willing to like hustle to get to certain spots too. And I feel like that's what Miami does so good is that they're all getting like there's a lot of players that are lazy in the NBA where they they don't always get to their spots in the zone, um, and that leads to open open shots. Um, so I think this Miami team is really selfless. Like they're willing to put their bodies on the line every single play. And I think that honestly, that was part of why they won this game too, is like they were being way more physical with Denver than Denver was with them. Um, and then, but then Denver finally responded within like the last like five minutes. And I think they got to start with that physical, like if, if Miami picks up their physicality, they got to match it. Otherwise it's going to be tough for them. For sure, yeah. I mean, and then also, like, um, you know, just it seemed like the, the energy for the fans was kind of died down late in that, I mean, pretty much most of that fourth quarter, like, yeah. versus, like, you know, the first quarter, most of the first quarter, they were kind of died down. Things got, you know, picked up in that second quarter, and you saw the fans get them kind of back into it, uh, and you saw them get, I think, what was it, like, uh, they had a six-point lead at the halftime, but... I think they were up at by like, you know, close 15. to fifteen points at, yeah. at one point. So, um, yeah, I mean, especially at home games in the finals, you definitely need your crowd to be, um, and it's not on them to kind of like it's on the players to kind of get them going. So like, um, but it, I just think it's a huge thing when you got your fans behind you, and then it helps you on defense too when you know the other team can't communicate on offense as well um, because of your fans, but. Um, I thought Miami, you know, again, credit to them for just having that, you know, physicality to kind of, you know, keep the crowd down in this one. Yeah, I thought uh, Denver made a good adjustment, like, towards the end with, like, that's when they started picking up. Those were, like, five minutes left um, when they finally put uh, Bruce Brown in for MPJ because Bruce Brown's a little bit, I feel like he's a better passer than MPJ is. He's more of a... Uh, MPJ looks to just score more, um, but it seemed like they were moving the ball a lot better throughout the zone when they put in Bruce Brown as that that fifth option. So that that might be one of those counters that they make um, if they're really struggling against the zone in Game Three. Yeah, Bruce Brown also did have three turnovers though as well. So I don't know. I mean, it does it, it definitely helps yeah. to have another like. I was saying he's a better passer than MPJ, yeah, and yeah, like it was for sure, and a better defender too. Because I I thought. They were finally getting some stops, too. Like, there was one point where, like, Miami was scoring, like, almost every possession in that fourth quarter there to start. Right, yeah. I mean, it definitely would have helped to have him out there. It does take away some of your scoring, though, too. So, like, yeah. when they started to go down, then it's kind of tough to, like, keep Rose Brown in, you know. And I mean, do you trust him to knock down threes? He did make a couple in this game, but – or maybe it was just one. But, um, you know, it's tough to just – you kind of have to ride with MPJ. Just if he does make that first three or whatever, then you know you never know if he's going to put a, you know pop off three, you know two or three after that. So um, yeah, unfortunately, it didn't happen that way though. Him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he looked good in game one d- defensively. MPJ did, but um, yeah. this game two, you know, he kind of went back to the norm um, that he was before. Yeah, definitely. I feel like MPJ is kind of one of those players a little bit that if he's hitting shots, he plays better defense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> a lot of players, though. Like, Kevin Love, yeah. I feel like it's the same way, too. Like, if he's knocking down yeah. shots, sometimes he plays a little bit better defense. But that's a lot of players in the NBA. <laughs> K-Love out there making some great full-court passes again tonight. He had that nice one where they got the, the clear path because of his nice pass. Did you see Bam on that play? Telling Kevin Love not to throw the ball. Oh, he was saying not to throw it? Yeah, he's like, don't throw it, don't throw it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it worked out. Yeah, it did work out. I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't throw it with, you know, Jokic. You know, I think Jokic had his back to him on that play. So, like, I don't see why you wouldn't try that, especially if you're Bam and a little bit quicker, or I should say a lot of it quicker. Um, 
you know, having an opportunity to get some free free points out of that. I don't see I don't see what hurts out of that. Maybe a turnover, I guess, but Yeah. I kinda trust Kevin Love at this point to throw it out with outlet pass. Yeah, he's he's probably like one of, if not the most accurate outlet pass in the, the NBA. <laughs> yeah, especially today's like NBA. Long, I'd say. Like long outlet passes. Yeah. yeah. I mean I don't can you name another I can't name another player that does it consistently on a game by game basis than he does. Yeah, I mean Jokic is pretty good. LeBron's good at those outlet passes, but they don't do it right. as frequently as he does. Right. And honestly with LeBron, I don't think I've seen LeBron do it in a long time either. So Yeah, not but. not as frequently. He'll still sometimes do it. Well he'll just throw it down court to A D like when he get has a smaller matchup on him. Right, for sure. Um Game three, though, preview. Uh, let's look into game three. I mean... Oh, before we do game three preview, do you want to do uh, um, who we think is our like finals MVP after the first two games for each team? Yeah, we can do that. You want to start off? I kind of want to think about this one a little bit. All right, sh- should we just pick who it would be for like each team if they won? Yeah, yeah, both teams. Okay, um... Well, I think pretty clearly for the, the Nuggets, it's obviously... Jokic so far. I mean, he's been he had a huge triple double in the first game, 27, 14 and 10, and then obviously this game he even though they lost, he had 41 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. Um it's pretty night and day above uh anybody else so far, I would say. Um so that'd be in mind for for the Nuggets. Um and then on the Heat side, I I feel like through the first two games, I, I would honestly probably have to give it to Bam. I feel like Bam's just been playing great defense, um, great, honestly, great passing. I feel like yeah, Bam's kind of an underrated passer, too. Um, he did a good job of u- utilizing the pick and roll to its fullest um, potential and then g- getting guys off of uh, those flare screens for open three-pointers was nice, too. Um, then just overall, I just feel like he's, he's been playing really good. Um, he had 21 points tonight, uh, 26 last game. Um, I don't know. I feel like he's been their most consistent player through the first two games. Um, so that's probably who I'd give it to the, for the Heat. Yeah, I think uh, through two games, it's pretty clear on I, – I probably agree with you on both of those. I think, you know, Jokic is definitely – I mean – He's got to be the MVP at to this point for Denver. Um, you could maybe make a case for Jamal Murray. I thought he's been, you know, played pretty well in game one. And then in game two, um, almost got them the win, you know, late in the game. So uh, if that three would have fallen late in the game and then, the, you know, go to OT and he has a good, you know, OT, um, maybe we talk differently about uh, how this series is going. But um, definitely Jokic, uh, I thought – you made a lot of good points about, you know, Jokic as well, along with Bam Adebayo for Miami. Um, I, I would maybe consider throwing Gabe Vincent in there for Miami. I thought he's played, you know, pretty well. Um, defensively, he's guarding a lot bigger guys. Like, you're seeing him guard players like Nikola Jokic and Aaron Gordon, um, MPJ at times, which, you know, if you're – if you're anybody on Miami's side, like you're, you probably don't want Gabe Vincent guarding those players. But uh, the fact that he is up to the task to even try to do it is a win in my books. But um, and then offensively, I thought he's been playing pretty well. I think he had 18 in Game One, uh, 23 uh, team high for Miami in Game Two, going eight of 12, four of six from three. Um, I thought he's played, you know pretty damn good on the offensive end for Miami. Definitely got them started in game one. I think he had like, what? Like, I know he had their first five points. Uh, I want to say he had like 10 out of their first, you know, 20 or so points, but um, you know, he started out strong shooting the ball and um, I I think going forward, we might see you know, some sort of defensive switch for Denver, maybe putting um, you know, KCP on uh, Gabe Vincent instead, and then maybe running Jamal Murray on on Struess or something like that. But um, 
you know, I thought you would, you had good points. I think it, it's probably right now it's probably Jokic and Bam and Abayo. Um, going down the stretch, I'd probably switch to Jimmy because I just I know how Jimmy plays, and I I, I have a good feeling that he's going to have some you know at least a good game three and four um, heading into these next two games in Miami. Yeah, I agree with all those points. I think the kind of interesting uh, on on Gabe Vincent is he actually has the best plus minus through the first two games. So um, not not that plus minus is the end all be all, but right, <laughs> kind of just kind of interesting. He has played played actually really good. Um, I mean, it's honestly crazy how good he's been playing <laughs> to a certain extent because like he he wasn't even really doing this during the regular season all that much. Um, at least like scoring wise, like he, he's always been a pretty like pass key defender and stuff like that, but he's been scoring that rock. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these undrafted players are playing their asses off. I mean, you get out on the line. I mean, Gabe Vincent, Max Truce was Duncan Robinson undrafted as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you had Cody Martin and then, or, I mean, Caleb Martin, excuse me. Um, and then somebody we haven't seen that maybe could get some time, um, you know, in Miami, maybe is Yurtsevson at the center position because I don't know about you, I did not like seeing Cody Zeller out there at that backup position. I know he played eight minutes, but um, you know, that's when Denver kind of went on their run with that secondary unit in the first quarter, and then um, in that third quarter, a little bit when you know they put you know had to take Bam out for a little while. Um, I don't know if I would trust Cody Zeller. Um, you know, down the stretch of an NBA Finals game. Yeah, I mean, I, I would maybe, like, from now on, like, only take Bam out when Jokic is out. Yeah, I mean, you have to at this point. I mean, you can't allow... But I mean, Jokic to just back down Cody Zeller, and then I feel like it's, it's just been easier for him to pass, too. I, I'd kind of want to look at the stats and see if, you know, most of Jokic's assists came when Cody Zeller was out there instead of Bam. Um, I think that would be something to look at as well. But, you know, I mean, if you're Miami, you got to be content with, you know, the minutes you got out of Kevin Love tonight too. I thought K-Love maybe didn't shoot the best. Um, went 2 of 6 from 3, 2 of 9 from the field. But um, definitely helped him out on the boards. Uh, team high with 10 rebounds for Kevin Love. Um, what did you think of, uh, before we get to the uh, Game 3 preview, what did you think of Kevin Love and, uh, you know, just inserting him in the starting lineup instead of Caleb Barton? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a great adjustment. Um, he, like you said, 10 boards, three of those were offensive rebounds. He also had two steals, um, no turnovers. I think he's just a, a smart veteran player that really, like, knows what it takes to win a finals because obviously he won one in Cleveland with LeBron, so... He knows what what it t- that championship. Um, I think he might be the only one that's won for the Heat, maybe. Mm. Or actually, no, Kyle. Udonis has him. Yeah, Kyle. Udonis Kyle, has him has oh. too, but well, he doesn't play. I mean, he doesn't play. Kyle Lowry won one though. Yeah, I always I kind of always forget that. But yeah, I mean, just having guys that know what it takes um, is definitely helpful. I mean, on Denver's side, they only have KCP that knows that. Um, and even even for KCP, um, that was in the bubble, so it's not completely comparable to like a normal finals where like you have to deal with the fan pressure. Because I think that's definitely something that's gonna take maybe take its toll on Denver in Game Three because I'm, I mean they're gonna usually they do that white hot thing where they're all in white white hot heat. Yeah, I'm I mean, ready for, they I'm don't ready they don't have those jerseys anymore, but they no. They usually the go in will. all white, usually, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I was talking to Adam <laughs> while we were watching the game. Um, <laughs> DeAndre Jordan might be the first uh, Clippers from that run uh, with CP3, J.J. Redick, Jamal Crawford, Blake Griffin to actually win a finals, I believe. <laughs> Am I right on that? <laughs> I, th- I think that sounds right. Because I know Chris Paul hasn't won. Jamal Crawford, I don't think, ever won. J.J. Redick, I know, didn't win. Um, and Blake, I don't think Blake's won either. Has DeAndre Jordan already won one? Has, was he on the Lakers when he won one? 
That's why I was trying to think if he had it been or not. I do, don't maybe what? No, because he got uh, released. No, that was from Dwight Lakers. actually. That yeah, that yeah, was, was Dwight. Dwight that was on it. I was mixing them up for a sec. Yeah, I was just say maybe maybe it'll help out the Clippers curse maybe for, for years <laughs> yeah. in the future. But um, just to see yeah, one guy get a DeAndre ring. DeAndre Jordan just has to win a ring for the Clippers curse to be lifted. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what it's going to take for the Clippers to actually make it to the finals and, and win one. Yeah, I don't know. Their first thing would be uh, staying healthy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, before the season, I, I mean, you know this. I, I picked the Clippers to get to the finals. So, like, uh, it's, pr- it's probably one of my worst takes I've, I've ever made is is putting the Clippers up there, especially with just the injury proneness that they have. Yeah. I mean, honestly, not not a bad call, though, like if they were healthy. Right. But even if they were healthy, but, I still don't yeah. know if they would have made it either. So. Yeah, probably but, not. Right. Anything else you wanted to add before we get into the Game 3 preview? Uh, nope. I'm ready to go nope. on to Game okay. 3. Let's get into Game 3, then. Um, in Miami, uh, this will be on Wednesday, um, 7.30 Central Time on ABC slash ESPN. So uh, as of re- right now, I believe Denver is favored by two and a half points. You think that's fair? Two and a half for Denver? Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think Denver still overall is the better team. But, um, I mean, Miami's gritty. I think I think Miami's one of those teams that their defense will put them in any game um, and give themselves a chance to win. So I think it's kind of a fair total. Yeah, I think this game three, I, I kind of expected. Actually, I would maybe do it even, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was expecting like, like the sports books to kind of make it even because, yeah. you know, this game three, I think it's going to be, a, you know, you thought game two was a battle. Like game three is going to be, um, on paper, it sounds like it's going to be, you know, a closer game uh, throughout the game. I don't think you're going to see a team go up by more than 12 points in this next game if I had to bet my money on it. Yeah, that, that seems kind of likely. I mean, even in this game, like, they were up by 12. Both teams were up by 12-plus points, and right. they both came back. So, I mean, these two teams got some grit in them, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. That's why they're both in the finals. I mean, <laughs> and you can tell both these teams really want to win it. Um, I, I just don't – right now I'm, I'm indifferent. I have, I have no idea at this point – heading into game three usually in most finals appearances i have a good kind of you know intuition going into it and also after the first couple games just you know on who's gonna probably win this one i've i mean going into it we all thought denver um i i would probably still pick denver at this point point but you know miami made a really good case beating you know, Denver and taking that first game from Denver at home in this playoff. So um, I thought that was a huge victory. And, you know, heading into game three, Miami's going to have a lot of confidence. Um, Denver, I think, will still have confidence, obviously. But um, just to know that Miami can take that game in Denver if they need to down the stretch, it's going to be huge. And, um, you know, I think Miami just plays a lot better at home. They always have. Um, Personally, I'm taking Miami in this game three. It's going to be a close one. I think it's going to come down the stretch, and uh, I expect Jimmy Butler to have one of those games. Yeah, I'd probably agree with you on that. I think um, I could definitely see him winning this game. I, I mean, Jimmy's honestly at this point, he's due for a game um, right. scoring-wise just because like, he's too good of a player not to have like one of those games where you just end up going off. Um, it seems like he's honestly kind of just been like – not like passive a little bit, but like, uh, I mean, on offense, that's, a that's bit, fair. I would say that he's kind of been. I feel like he, he in that Boston series, it seemed like he was kind of like attacking, attacking constantly. Um, but maybe it wore him out a little bit, so he's just kind of getting his legs back under him. So he, I mean, and even in that that last Boston game too, he kind of rolled his ankle a little bit there too. So right. Do you think that's um, playing any factor into how he's playing the finals? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I don't think he would ever say anything as an excuse. Right. But I think sometimes, like when you are a little bit older player, those 
can linger a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, th- I mean, I also think, you know, he's having to exert a lot of energy on defense too. Like he's still That's the true. same defensive player, and um, unlike in that Boston series where they were going up against a Boston team that would had a lot of guards, and they can kind of combat that with players like Caleb Martin and Max Struess and uh, Kyle Lowry and players like that. In this series, you kind of have to play some of your bigger players, and and sometimes they're not always the best defense players, like you know Kevin Love and Cody Zeller and um, you know High Smith at times, but Dunk. and Duncan, yeah. But so I, I think he's just having to use a lot more energy on that defense side of ball, and uh, you know sometimes that kind of drains you a little bit when it comes to the offensive end. But you know he still made shots when they need him most in game two and. Um, yeah, Game yeah. three, I, he had, that was change. a big three that he hit there in the fourth quarter. Yeah, him in the face, too. Um, that was nasty. Very tough one, <laughs> yeah. And I think it was cut down to, like, three at that point, wasn't it? Yeah, he that it to was six. super clutch. Yeah, big-time shot. So, uh, what's your kind of – you said you agreed on me on Miami yeah, I think, pop, I think probably winning Game 3. I think the, the only way – I mean, for sure Denver wouldn't blow him out, but, like, the only way that Miami could – uh, make it a bigger win would be if like they catch fire from three. Um, I think it'll be a, yeah. if they get down by ten to fifteen points. I think it'll be harder than it was in Denver to come back, um, just because like you got the home crowd playing into it. Um, but I, I expect it to be close. Um, yeah, that's what I'd say. I'd say if I had to guess, I'd say I'd give it a, a Miami with a three point win. Okay. Like tonight. A repeat of tonight. A repeat of tonight, but I, mean, I think it, bit... it could be like a little lower scoring though, more like the first game, like yeah, like a, a hundred two to or a hundred four to hundred one or something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if Miami can shoot as good, make seventeen threes again. Yeah, um, what did you say they tough. shot from three? I think they were that... close to forty nine percent. So, wow. yeah, what was it, seventeen of thirty five? So. That's pretty That'll impressive. Be, yeah, it'll be tough to duplicate that again. But if they if they at least make like, I'd say around like 14, 15, um, you know, they'll probably have a really good chance of winning this game. And then opposite for Denver, um, I expect Jamal Murray to have a better game. Um, he usually does pretty good on the road. He did good on the road against uh, the Lakers. He did good on the road against, um, who was the series before? Timberwolves. Um, yeah, Timberwolves. Um, but, you know, I expect Jamal to play a lot better. And then MPJ has to step up if you're on Denver's side. Um, he's got to, you know, be able to knock down those wide open threes. But I also want to see him, you know, attack some of these smaller guards as well, the same way that, that Aaron Gordon did game one. Yeah, that was actually uh, – I would want to see him attack more. Kind of like, like if Duncan Robinson can attack in weight room somebody like he did tonight – yeah. And MP, MPJ can do it, too. Yeah, I mean, Duncan Robinson did it on Jeff Green, too, which Jeff Green's no slouch. <laughs> like, Jeff Green's a no. big body. So the fact that he did that, I mean, granted, he did have, like, a wide-open lane off of a nice little brush screen where he curled around and got a nice bounce pass from Bam. Yeah. But That was a tough finish, though. Yeah, I mean, I was, ex- I was not expecting, because <laughs> he was missing those in game one, and a lot of the Heat players were missing those yeah. layups, those bunnies. Um, yeah, do you see, um, I, I feel like I see Kevin Love being that starter going throughout this entire finals, uh, for the rest of the series. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think Caleb Martin's still obviously going to be a, a big part of the rotation, but I think this is definitely a different matchup for him because like Celtics, like you said, more guard heavy than the, the Nuggets are. So I think this could be more of a Caleb type of role versus uh, Caleb. Obviously, Caleb's still going to play a pretty good amount because yeah. they, they need him to. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, even he hasn't had that great of game, so like he could even be due for a game. And I, I feel like he plays pretty good in Miami. Right. Yeah, he could be another you know big spark um, off the bench for them. And then also, um, I want to finish off by talking about Tyler Hero too. Um, for one, do you think Tyler Hero is coming back? And then two. Um, what kind of you know playing time is he going to get, and is it going to really um, factor into this series? 
Um, honestly, I I thought it was more likely that he would come back if they lost this game. Uh, I think at this point, like, I don't know. I feel like you don't want it to ruin, like, any of, like, the chemistry that's going right now. Um, and then at the same time, like, basketball conditioning, like, game conditioning is different from practice conditioning. So I feel like he's not going to be quite up to there to snuff yet. And, like, the whole thing that Miami's good at is defense. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, I mean, you could maybe, like, as an off, if, if he's ready to go and you can have him as, like, a bench score, like, I'd probably put him in there. Like, if, if Duncan Robinson's not shooting good in a game, like, I'd put... I mean, he, he's a good player, so it's not like I'm saying he's a bad player. It's more just, like, you yeah. don't want to ruin, like, that chemistry when he hasn't really played... I think, didn't he just play, like, the first or second game of the playoffs, and that was it, right? Or... Um, I think it was game two he got hurt, maybe? Yeah, I think... I think you're right about... Yeah, I think it was game two. Yeah, I mean... Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's been a while. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, you don't want to mess up the kind of flow that the that Miami had, especially in that game, too. But, like, it does help having somebody like Tyler Hero who is a better ball handler or dribbler than a player like, you know, Duncan Robinson, Struess. Um, I think it takes off some of the pressure from Jimmy, you know, Gabe Vincent at times, and then, you know, Kyle Lowry's not really bringing the ball up at this point um, in his career. So, you know, having a, a ball handler like, Tyler Hero that can you know score off the dribble as well can kind of give you know like you said Miami a little spark if they need it if players like you know Struess or you know Duncan Robinson or Caleb Martin aren't making you know those threes um but you know yeah, yeah. it's tough because even you know like Highsmith yeah right right but I mean like you said like it, there's a difference between bringing somebody in for a game during the regular season when, you know, you can kind of just take things slow or even like, even the, if they were to bring them back in, in the first, you know, round of the playoffs, like there's a different mentality and physicality to uh, the NBA player playoffs when it's first round versus, you know, you need four, four games to win an NBA finals, you know, bring a, bring that Larry O'Brien trophy back to Miami. Like there's a different, type of mentality that you have to have and I just don't know if if his body is necessarily prepared for that um, you know after an injury like that so um, I would be very you know cautious would probably be the word to just bringing him back maybe if he if he is good to come back for game three I would maybe give him you know somewhere around that you know I'd start him probably out with like a four minute stretch in like that second quarter when you know like Jokic is out or something like that um and then if things go well you know maybe you give him about 15 20 minutes tops um in that game three and kind of see if he can give you a spark um and then also get his legs under him um because then you know you never know if if he can be fully healthy and up to speed going into like game five six maybe seven um what he can bring to your team yeah, yeah, I agree. I, th- I think maybe like give him like if he's ready to go like fifteen minutes in these two next games, and then play it off there if it's a still close series. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's, I mean, we'll we'll kind of I mean, see he, what they Miami definitely uses scoring. But, yeah, well, for sure. You know, I mean, they really haven't scored that. Neither team has scored really that great in this in this final so far. I think they're. They're both trying to get off maybe a little bit of rust, but also both teams are playing pretty damn good defense. Yeah, it's kind of, especially like for for Denver, like when they're not really known to be a defensive team, they've played pretty solid for the most part. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts for you before we close out the pod, man? Uh, no, I just I think this has been a good series. I think uh, yeah. it's going to continue to be a good series. I think. You know, a lot of people thought wanted like the Celtics and Lakers, but uh, you know, they've they've had a good series so far. I think it, it's good for the NBA to have you know some different teams in there here and there. Wait, um, who do you, who do you think wanted the Celtics and Lakers? Like the media? Yeah, I, like I think the, the media, fans are. I mean, fine pretty with much it. all the media said like Celtics yeah. Lakers. Right. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I'm completely fine with it. I think it's cool to see like people win their first ring too, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, it was like it reminds me of when Toronto went to the finals and won their first one. Like, yeah. Granted, it was against the Warriors, but um, and you also saw KD go down with injury. Um, wasn't Ben Clay also have an yeah, injury and, too? And Clay too, but right. But like, you know, it's good to see like two teams that haven't you know won one in quite some time that being Miami and also Denver who has never won one. So, um, and also seeing both these teams healthy in a finals, like it's nice seeing like a full roster where nobody is dealing with like a significant injury. That's keeping them out besides, you know, Tyler hero, who we just talked about, but he might come (laughs) back. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Is that, I mean, it's cool when they win their first ring because, like, you never know if, like, it could be, like, a, the next, like, you know, like, dynasty-type team because, like, right. this Denver team's pretty young. Like, if they want to ring this year, I think they'll be good next year, too. Um, and maybe they'll sign KD like the Warriors did. Um, <laughs> who, who knows? <laughs> probably probably not. I think they probably got a lot <laughs> of players that, you know, like Jamal Murray and PJ Jokic that are going to make some pretty good cash, so. I honestly don't know if that signing will ever be topped. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, you won't be able to do it with the new CBA rules. I mean, yeah, you're not going to be able to go over that second luxury tax unless your owner's like, I mean, you got to have Mac, like confidence that you're going to win the finals. Otherwise, that's that's a lot of money to be able to spend on a team and not win the finals. Yeah, no kidding. It's, uh a lot of cheddar to be spreading out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, uh, like we said, guys, uh, Game 3 will be on Wednesday, 7.30 Central Time on ABC ESPN. Um, make sure to follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Uh, we will have our episode coming out probably Thursday morning um, after the finals again. So uh, stay tuned for that. Big thanks. Shout out to Matt for all his input today. Um, and no, shout see. out to Alex for all his input. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Nobody ever thanks me. I mean, it's, <laughs> you gotta it's do it nice more to, often. I know it's nice to get some love, so I appreciate it. But, uh, as always guys, we'll see you guys on the next one and peace out. Peace. Peace.